I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. Hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we're. We're hitting a lot of interesting angles today uh, and a lot of really interesting overlaps in into the world of sports. Uh, we uh, just wrapped up a conversation uh, with Mark Williams from the University of Utah uh, talking about mental health and uh, athletics and, of course, the, the news over the weekend uh, with Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French Open, uh, top of her game. Uh, clearly would have been one of the favorites uh, to win the tournament there in France at Roland Garros, and and yet uh, she felt like she needed to step away, and uh, it's an interesting an interesting thing in terms of uh, what that looks like, what that feels like, and I think it it does create a lot of really important conversations. We're, we're also, of course, uh, talking today about uh, the passing of uh, Mark Eaton over the weekend, uh, a real loss in the uh, jazz family and in our community here in the state of Utah. Uh, Mark was uh, just an, an extraordinary individual who, who showed what it looks like to uh, to not only come out of nowhere and create a career. Uh, I think of his progression from you know being working uh, as an auto mechanic uh, to having a coach, you know, convincing him he should play a little basketball to getting to UCLA, uh, where he didn't play much, uh, but uh, then of course was uh, picked up by the Jazz. Uh, who then uh, taught him and and uh, gave him space to develop his talents and and to become something, and then how he applied that after his career, uh, great entrepreneur, uh, restaurateur, public speaker. Uh, we're going to come back to that uh, late in the program today. Coming up at two fifty, we're going to break down some lessons uh, that Mark learned from Wilt Chamberlain early in his career that were really important uh, to Mark and to his ultimate success uh, around focus and, and what uh, one of the greats of all time, Wilt Chamberlain, taught him that really made a difference in, in his world. Uh, we were hoping that we'd get uh, Thurl Bailey on the line. I know he is traveling, and uh, so we're just efforting there, trying to get him on the line. We'll keep doing that, and uh, always good to talk to Thurl Bailey. Uh, because one of the things I love about Thurl is that Thurl not only will give us the basketball ins and outs, but more importantly, will give us the principal ins and outs, uh, which has become part of Thurl's brand post-career. 
And so we look forward to catching up with him at some point uh, during the show today. So we'll continue to to move that along. And I, I did think it was great that the uh, Jazz had a big win on the road on Saturday. Uh, you could call that a, just a, a very fitting tribute uh, to Mark Eaton. That the Jazz were able to do that on the road. Uh, defense came through, uh, which I think was the important part of that down the stretch. And uh, I think it's also important for us to to recognize uh, with Mark Eaton uh, just you know his his involvement in in the community. We were talking about this with Maria Chaleos earlier uh, in the twelve o'clock hour. Uh, just what a force he was, and just how many people he influenced and and interacted with uh, from players. Uh, we know his impact on Rudy Gobert. Uh, that there were became a, a special connection and a great bond there with Rudy. And, of course, to see Rudy uh, pick up a Defensive Player of the Year uh, was awesome. That that image of the two of them holding those uh, Defensive Player of the Year trophies, uh, to me, is one of those priceless memories uh, in jazz lore uh, of generation to generation in terms of that uh, defense and uh, what that means uh, individually. And I, and I do think it's part of a culture uh, coming up here at 150, we're going to be joined by Robert Gerke from the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, who uh, wrote a really fascinating piece about the jazz and their role in leading community conversations and making those kinds of connections in terms of principle. I, I think sports exists uh, not just to entertain us, not to distract us, uh, but to help us uh, teach and learn really important principles and lessons. Uh, lessons about winning, lessons about losing, lessons lessons about being resilient, lessons about uh, taking the unique gifts that you have. I, I think it's one of the most important lessons that Mark Eaton left us was that you don't you don't have to to be everything uh, to everybody to do that. And it uh, looks like we got uh, Thurl Bailey on the line. Thurl, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Good as can be expected. Uh, well, how I'm, you we, doing? We, we really appreciate you jumping on the line with us. Uh, I was just saying one of the things that has become part of your hallmark uh, post-career is this ability to connect principles, life lessons uh, to, to sporting events and, and uh, athletic achievement. And so as we've been reflecting on, uh, on the life and legacy of, of Mark Eaton, uh, wanted to get your perspective in terms of the, the basketball prowess we know, the defensive player, the block shots, and all of that we understand. Uh, give us some perspective in terms of some of the principles that you learned uh, from Mark Eaton. Well, when I was uh, drafted by the Jazz after my college season at NC State, um, you know, I was green, as green as green could be. I wasn't quite sure, even as a high draft pick, that, you know, I was built for the NBA. I had nothing really to compare it to. It's not like today when a lot of kids, you know, there's some kids that kind of go through the AAU program and a lot of them will come in pro-ready. Yeah. Uh, even psychologically, I, I, don't, I didn't think I was ready for that. But when I, one of the first people that came to me when I uh, came to Salt Lake City as, as a teammate was Mark Eaton. And first of all, I was astounded as to his stature and how big he was. And, uh, and then how, how gentle he came to me and took me under his gigantic wing and just proceeded to just say, listen, 
you know, I know you're coming off of a championship, um, but this team struggled for a while. And, you know, you, you, you may have to get used to, you know, not not uh, you know winning as much as you did in college. So he basically uh, kind of taught me along the way how to be a pro, right? How to approach every game, um, how to put the work in. I didn't really know his story until I got to really know him and just start reading things about him because, you know, he wouldn't necessarily tell his, his story to me and how basketball found him. Um, but, uh, you know, we just, we just clicked right away, yeah. not just as teammates, but as, as kind of two kindred souls that had a lot in common through music and, and obviously being on the jazz team. But, uh, and, you know, and it just got stronger after that, even through our careers. Yeah. As you were reflecting on uh, his life over the weekend uh, uh, on air, as the Jazz were getting ready to play uh, Memphis in a, an important uh, game four, uh, there was there was some real emotion there. I think as as everyone reflected, uh, not just on the the basketball stature of the man, uh, but of of the personal connection. Uh, Take us into that a little bit. Well, I think, uh, you know, Mark's sudden death and death itself, I think, reminds us that life is just so fragile, right? We just don't know. Yeah. So why not be, why not, excuse me, why not be the best we can be while we're here? Why not do the best we can do? Why not affect people's lives? with whatever platform we have, the best we can do. And, and Mark was the epitome of that. And, you know, he didn't have to. Mark Mark was a guy who, you know, you, you may have thought was, was not approachable because of his size, not approachable because of his stature as a, as a professional player, an all-star, you know, someone who's made his mark. But he wasn't that at all. You know, in, in a world where high-paid athletes don't have time for people, Mark was just the opposite of that and put you at ease. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the emotions for me, uh, just came as one as a friend that I love so dearly. Uh, and we crossed paths, probably talked, uh, you know, five, six times a month about something. Uh, he, he finished a book, uh, and I was in the process of starting one. So I called him for counsel and he jumped to it right away and gave me so much help on that. And just as recently as a few days before he passed, uh, my wife, Cindy, he called out to her in the hallway uh, at the arena at the game. And they sat down to uh, Toyota club. And he was talking about how he was working on reinventing himself as a speaker because of COVID and going into seminars. And so he had so much more to give. Um, but again, you know, life is just so fragile and precious. We just, we just have to, uh, you know, treat it that way, but do the best we can do while we're here. And that's exactly what Mark Eaton did. Yeah. Fantastic. Thurl Bailey. We, I know you've got a very jam packed schedule, uh, moving through. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us today to reflect on the life and legacy of, of Mark Eaton. And uh, we appreciate your work uh, and you following uh, his big footsteps, uh, not just in being a, a great jazz player and contributor, but someone who has made just an immense impact 
on our community and helped many of us to uh, to learn important principles uh, that really transcend the world of basketball and athletics. Thurl Bailey, thanks for joining us today. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to be joined uh, by Robert Gerke from the Salt Lake Tribune. And we're going to talk about some of these lessons that the jazz organization is helping us learn as a community. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.